Okay, I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> Hello. Wow. We have a special guest today. <laughs> Welcome to Popcorn to Ham. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire. The podcast where Gabe and I visit the 80s and learn about pop culture and sometimes we have a guest. The year 1989, Hershey's reduced the size of the Hershey's bar to 1.55 ounces. However, the price remained the same. The FDA approved the fat substitute Simplice. Simplice is a multifunctional dairy ingredient made from whey protein concentrate used as a fat substitute in low-calorie foods. David Dinkins becomes the first African-American mayor of New York City. New prime minister in South Africa, F.W. de Klerk, starts to dismantle apartheid. I don't know what Simplice is, but I'm pretty sure I've drank it or eaten it. Also, very smart of Hershey's, right? Reducing the size, but not the, not the price. Mm. Classic. Uh, okay, going into births, we've got two quick ones. Uh, Kat, you look like you want to say something. It's just the last time you forgot to say I was here. The I mean, time you forgot to say I was here. So I didn't know if I was allowed to talk or not. You know that that, that part where I messed up in the intro and you all laughed at me? Mm-hmm. That's staying in. Mm-hmm. I th- oh, perfect. People, oh, yeah, people yeah, are yeah, going to know. Okay. I thought you were going to do this really great intro. Like, we talk about a year and sometimes we have a guest. And he said the year, 1989. I thought you were going to say, and the guest, cat, But you just totally went right in. Well, at this point, you are our most visited guest so really oh. do you even need an introduction at this point you're getting a shirt now by the way with my face on it how is that gonna work it'll be two cards <laughs> you you can yeah, be... you'll do like uh you'll have like two cards and like like someone's holding them in the spread so you don't have to see the bottom yes, part so exactly her on, the, her on the her on the queen yes like half the which, face which 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 suit would you like to be <laughs> So moving on to births. Oh, cat's here. Moving on to births. Uh, Blake. Bla- <laughs> and by the way, cat is the sober one. That's the amazing thing. Um, what? You're the sober one. Is Gabe not? Uh, actually, no. Yeah, I guess it is early for both of you. Whoa, for <laughs> one of you. So how about this? When does that ever stop? There's only. You know what? Let me. Let me make sure I live up to my uh, to my reputation. There we go. That's the stuff. Uh, Blake Griffin is born in 1989. Basketball player for the LA Clippers. That's all I got. But I know he's one of those people that crossed over because you kind of know who he is, even though you don't watch basketball. I don't watch the Clippers, but I know who Blake Griffin is. He also has a very good sense of humor. I've seen him in a, in a bunch of commercials where like it really shines. Cat, no I idea? Know. Okay, moving on. Maybe you'll know this one. <laughs> Taylor Swift, American singer, songwriter, actress, and well, technically, if you're in a if you're a singer songwriter, aren't you a musician? Why would they put actress and musician? What if you can't play an instrument? You can just sing and write. So, so your voice is not a musical instrument. 
Well, I think they, I mean, they sing or they, they kind of keep that distinct. Hmm. They don't say like like let's introduce our the band like the 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 instruments today on the on the vo- on the voice <laughs> playing the <laughs> the vocal cords today playing the high notes today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gabe, touche. Well, it says musician is a person who plays a musical instrument. Oh, she is a guitar player. Okay, fine. Uh, I don't listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, though, when when that album Midnight came out, I was like, you know what? Let me see what this is about. I did listen to that entire album. It's not, it's a little, you know, a little folky, a little uh, adult contemporary. Not for me, but I know she's got a ton of fans. Cat, uh, G- are you a Taylor Swift fan? Are you a Swifty? I'm not. Gabe? I, I do know Shake It Off because it's in one of the Sing movies. Ah, okay. My, daughter, my daughter's a big fan of shaking it off. Um, so if I want a break, I just turn on Taylor Swift. And that's how that happens. Okay. So I guess I'm a, a kind of fan. You're I'm a like fan, fan of adjacent. As a babysitter. Aha. There we go. And Gabe, are Added you? to her list of talents. Are you, uh, are you familiar? Are you a, a fan? I'm familiar. Um, like, I, like, on a... So it's hard to say you're a fan, I think, because it's, uh, it sets a precedent that you're going to do stuff like, you know, extreme, because like, that's all you ever read about her fans in the news is how, how extreme they're. They're a very militant group of fans. Um, so I can't, I can't perform at that level of fandom, but I'm, I'm familiar and I've listened to some. Yeah, some, about the same. But obviously she is like, I think, like one of the top two yeah, one of probably the most recognizable, right? Yeah, and also like I think uh, uh, gross wise, right? I think she like makes one of the top. I think her and Rihanna, right, are kind of like battling out for like highest grossing. Probably, it's, I feel like you know an artist has made it because they make enough money to buy their own catalog. She did do that. Smartest thing that Which, a musician can do. Yeah, I mean, and also requires a certain level of success because you have to like you have to lease your talent in order to get in and make it in the first place and then if you make it big enough you can you can own your own music how about that moving on to deaths now i i i am not i'm familiar with this person's work but i am in no way a a i can't i can't even say i'm speaking of fans i'm not a fan because i i'm just not that um well versed when it comes to uh art uh salvador dali now if you think Ferrari had a name, Gabe, Salvador Domingo Felipe Jacinto Dali A. Demenec, later to be uh, a Marquis of Dali of Puvol, born in 1904, known obviously as Salvador Dali, Spanish surrealist artist renowned for his technical skills, precise draftsmanship, and the striking and bizarre images of his, in his work. Influenced by Impressionism and the Renaissance masters from a young age, he became increasingly attracted to Cubism in, avant-garde move- in the avant-garde movement. He moved closer to Surrealism in the late 1920s, joined the Surrealist group in 29, became one of its leading exponents. His best-known work, The Persistence of Memory, was completed in August 1931 and is one of the most famous Surrealist paintings. Dali lived in France through the Spanish Civil War, uh, in 1940, he moved to the U.S., where he achieved commercial success, died of a cardiac arrest. Fun fact, in 2017, uh, his body was exhumed 
in order to obtain a sample for a paternity suit. Wow. That 2017 is not that long ago. I mean, it's getting longer ago, but still pretty close. That is how time works. I also never knew what he looked like. I don't know if you know what he looks like. Oh, no, no. He has a very distinct, that mustache. Woo. Yes. Wow. Okay. I think that comes with the, the, the being a marquee, which, by the way, mm-hmm. if I was a marquee, that's how people would know me. Marquee de Gabe? Wow, that's yeah. I'd be that'd be I'd be on that'd be at the front of the business card. Um, my dad's a big fan. Oh, so is he? Like I've because that was my I've next seen, question. How, how familiar yeah, are you guys with his work? Yeah, I'm not overly myself, but I've seen and I already knew what he looked like because like my dad's a big fan, so I've been semi-exposed. I only know the clock one. Yeah, I think that's the one everybody else knows. Now, without going into too much detail, apparently he. A lot of his work has to do with sexuality, with uh, self-sexuality, uh, you could say. Apparently, when he was young, he was exposed to graphic images of genitalia that was infected with things. And it kind of turned him off to that whole nether regions of people. Uh, and that's why a lot of his work... Fair. <laughs> a lot of his work seems to have a lot of things of that nature in it and uh and he was he was renowned for being a bit of a like a you know like a non-sexual person in his personal life but he was a fan of the anus apparently just what i read on on wikipedia interesting yeah he just did not want to go to the other side so he went to the top part that reminds me of like the constant (laughs) constant joking uh of uh in 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 like around the barracks about blue waffle and then the unfortunates who would google it or then you'd see it in the std slide presentation i missed the blue waffle oh man don't google it (laughs) as we all grab our phones (laughs) no but it's it's a you know it's an std related so like i was like i mean i guess if you saw enough horrible shit then then it then it kind of changes your perspective on what's nice (laughs) Every, all the jokes about millennials. Right? Every every and, marine and, and that I every marine that I were that of the older marines, they talked about STDs like they were like badges of honor. So I, I oh yeah, know. it was like it was they were like they were like uh, <laughs> they were like service ribbons. Yes, they definitely <laughs> were. Yeah, no, it's it's bad, cat. It's bad. Moving on. Well, you know, like it's also like in retirement communities. Oh, oh I've yeah. heard they get it on like Donkey Kong's plural. Yep. Uh, yep. The underground Viagra market's popping. No pun. <laughs> popping. <laughs> Moving on to movies, everybody. W- this movie we should have talked about in episode one, but we saved it for you, Kat. Because I heard Aww. you have so many facts about this movie. Intentional oh, production choice. Intentional production uh, choice. Okay. I hope I live up to this. Batman comes out in 1989. Based on the DC Comics... Uh, created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. We must mention him now because uh, Bob Kane did a very good job trying to take full credit of him. Directed by Tim Burton. Uh, it is the first installment of the Batman film series. It stars Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, Robert Wool, Pat Hingle, Billy D. Williams, Michael Goh, and Jack, Jack Plants. A lot of great facts about this movie, by the way. After the, after the financial success of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, by the way, Warner Brothers hired Tim Burton to direct Batman. Now, Pee-wee's, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was in 1985. But 
Batman was not green lit until after the success of Burton's Beetlejuice in 1988. So they hired him to be the director, kept him on on the on the hook for three years, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, so Beetlejuice was good. Okay, now you can do Batman." Basically, uh, numerous leading men were considered for the role of Batman before uh, Keaton was cast. At the same time, they were uh, doing Superman casting, so a lot of people were being considered for the Batman role also, including Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, Tom Selleck, by the way. That was an interesting choice. Would he have shaved the mustache, you wonder, right? And uh, Bill Murray, Harrison Ford was considered for the role. And uh, Tim Burton was obviously being pressured by Warner Brothers to cast a movie action star. And they had even approached uh, Pierce Bronson. And he literally had no interest in playing a comic book character. <laughs> Tim Burton originally was interested in William Defoe, the unknown actor, William Defoe at the time, for Batman. And ended up with, uh, with Keaton. It was a little controversial because by 1988, um, he had kind of been typecast as a comedic actor which everything he had done Mr. Mom everything we've talked about had been comedies they doubted he could do a serious role like that for the Joker they were looking at Tim Curry David Bowie which is wild John Lithgow makes sense um, Ray Liotta and James Wood were all, Woods were all considered for the Joker <laughs> this, is, this is a good one by the way John Lithgow, during his audition, attempted to talk Tim Burton out of casting him. He did not want to be cast in that role, which he later publicly uh, stated, I didn't realize it was such a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robin Williams wanted to be the Joker real bad, by the way, and, mm -hmm. uh, and did not get it. Jack Nicholson accepted the role, by the way. That's how they. That's how they. They. They stated he accepted the role. It was not considered. He was. He. He accepted the role. Here's where. Oh, you came to me. Here's where it gets amazing, right? So, he had strict conditions for playing the role, which also included top billing, which means his name came before Michael Keaton's name in the poster. Yeah. A portion of the film's earnings, including merchandise Ooh. and his own shooting schedule. Like Nicholson could call the shots in 1989. Now, what did that mean? Nicholson had an off the clock agreement, right? His contract specified the number of hours he was entitled to have off each day from the time he left the set to the time he reported back for filming as well. This is a good one as well as being off for Los Angeles Lakers home games. <laughs> he demanded that all of his scenes be shot in three-week blocks, but the schedule lapsed into 106 days. He reduced his standard 10 million fee to a 6 million fee in exchange for the cut of the film's earnings, which led to an excess of $50, 50 million for him. <laughs> I need this guy to negotiate for Right? Me. No, no, hang on though Apparently There's more? A biographer Mark Elliott reports that Nicholson may have received as much as 90 million off of Batman From his contract Dude, the merchandising That's the That was the smartest oh, part of that whole thing I can imagine um, We had that guy We had both And the car 
Yeah, where does he get he those? those? Where does he get glasses? Those cool yes. Oh, right. Clean everything. Um, so Batman was both critically and financially successful, earning over four hundred million dollars. Critics and audiences praised Nicholson and Keaton's performance, Burton's direction, uh, and obviously Danny Elfman's score. Uh, it was the fifth highest grossing film in history at the time of its release, won the Academy Award for Best Art Direction, and was basically the reason why we have Batman the Animated Series in 92 to, to 95, and basically began, began the DC Animated Universe. Uh, it became the fastest film to earn $100 million, reaching it in 11 days. By the way, 11 days. There's movies that do this shit now in a weekend. That's insane. It was the highest grossing film based on a DC comic book until 2008 when The Dark Knight came out. Mm -hmm. uh, furthermore, Batman held the record for being the highest grossing superhero film of all time until it was taken by Spider-Man in 2002. How insane is that? Is that the first Spider-Man? Yes, that is the first Spider-Man. Okay. With a budget of $48 million, it made $411 million. Now... This, this is where it gets interesting. Despite the film's box office, Warner Brothers claimed that it ended up losing $35 million and not likely to ever show a profit, which has been attributed to a case of Hollywood accounting. Mm -hmm. Hollywood accounting is defined, or Hollywood bookkeeping, is defined as the OPEG or creative accounting methods used by the film video television and music industry to budget and record profits for a creative for creative projects expenditures can be inflated or to reduce or eliminate the reported profit of the project thereby reducing the amount which the corporation must pay in taxes and royalties and other profit sharing agreements how a movie makes 411 million dollars and loses money is insane the way they do it nowadays a lot i was reading about this at one point is that the studio like the overall company will own not just like the filming company, but they'll own like the editing company and they'll bill themselves basically. Oh, and they'll overcharge. Obscene amounts of money for, because they, I, you know, I'm doing this. This is how much we're paying. Okay, got it. You know, so they, they, they make a deal with themselves to pay so that, and a lot of times actors who don't have the Jack Nicholson negotiating power potentially are paid out of profits when Which they have never a, come when they have a deal like if it's not for a fixed amount if they're getting a percentage like there was a uh i think it was this was a i was reading about this all because of uh david prouse for star wars who was the man in the suit for vader and like he had some kind of grievance over the amount he made or something and and his contract just like wasn't wasn't that great but to be fair i'm sure nicholson's contract probably took a lot of the profits <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, no. Here, here, like again, he wasn't getting paid out of profits. I'm sure. Like, oh, he was yeah, getting yeah. his cut. He was getting his fee plus his cut plus merchandise, um, because he could because he could dictate it. But the, that's that's one of the one of the things that they do to try to like save money. So on paper, they lost money. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, no. I mean, look. Speaking of the film, have both of you seen it? Yes. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen this one. I saw this as an adult. I did not see this as a kid. I saw it as a kid. I and saw the merchandising everywhere yeah. as a kid. Yeah, no. I, Were you allowed I, to have it? Uh, I mean, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I, I'm going to have this. No, I did not. I did not have it. But I put I my Barbies on top on the Batmobile and I pushed it around. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Barbie doesn't fit in the Batmobile. 
she because her be- her knees don't bend, right? Also, it's a little bitty space for the door. Little bitty. Well, but no, little I'm known good. fact, but actually, Batman's only five eight. <laughs> the ears, though, take how him tall, to like five ten. How tall is Barbie? She's got to be taller than five eight. She's a model. She's like I think the 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 shortest a model can be is like five ten. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a it's a fantastic movie. It's so much fun. And yes, look, Jack Nicholson makes that effing movie. He really does. Yeah, like that. It's the best part. He deserved. He deserved everything he got. I well, can't look at him without seeing the Joker as his face. Like in any other movie, I just see the Joker's face. Yeah, that smile. It's just incredible. Yeah. Are you going to tell us Barbie height, Gabe? Yeah. While some calculations used to present Barbie's proportions in uh, in life-sized have estimated she would reach seven foot six, <laughs> most calculations put her at six foot tall. There's no way she was going to fit in the Batmobile. No way. Exactly. No way. How tall is Kim Basinger? Yeah. She barely fit in there. <laughs> Man, let's not even talk about her weight. My gosh. <laughs> Uh, moving on to another film, and I know again, Kat. I know you have all the facts about this one. Little Mermaid comes out in 1989. Ah, I do have many facts. Yeah, uh, written and directed by John Musker and Ron Clements. Now, these two individuals, by the way, are doing the Lord's work. They are known for writing and directing The Great Mouse Detective, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, The Princess and the Frog, and Moana. Same guys who did The Little Mermaid. Yeah. This is why like, Disney kept them around. Keeps coming back. The uh, 28th Disney animated feature film, loosely based on the uh, uh, Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, Little Mermaid is given credit for breathing life back into the art of Disney animated feature films. Uh, after some of films produced by Disney were struggling... It also marked the start of an era known as the Disney Renaissance. The film won two Academy Awards for Best Original Score and Best Original Song, Under the Sea. Sixth highest grossing film of 1989. Budget of $40 million, Box office of Cat. I don't know a lot. I just know the songs. I just know like the songwriter people. I don't know their names. But I know that they were the ones who said, let's start singing songs through stories and narrate what they're doing. There's a, there's a word for that. We can Google it. Um, and because of that, it helped every other movie after that. It's the songs that they're singing are narrating and telling the story that they're doing or the actions that they're taking. And so ask me those questions. Don't ask me like actors or facts. Or anything. Well, yeah. I mean, was it, wasn't it Sebastian the Crab telling her you got to kiss the girl? Right? That, that was my Jamaican accent, everybody. Can you do that again, though? But... <laughs> Kiss the girl. Kiss and the, say some shallow lies in there. Kiss the girl. You got to kiss the girl. <laughs> yeah. That's you don't understand. Cat. Listen to me. You've got I'm to, listening. You've got, you've got to kiss the girl. You got to kiss the girl. You got to slap the bass. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I look. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I've actually watched this film more than once. I think like this is one of those films that like my elementary school actually showed the class. It's you know not a bad film. It really isn't. Uh, you know you have really good strong like the, the Ursula character is very strong. Like it's a it's a menacing creature. It's very impressive. I feel like I relate to her. Ursula. Yeah. I mean, is it because of your hair? Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm like. I mean, she she gets a bad rap, but there was a contract. The name was signed. You know, she's following Wait, are you team following up. I am just saying that I can relate to her frustration and somebody not. You know, are you saying that Ursula is a, a, a at the negotiating level of Jack Nicholson? I'm saying that she too got what she wanted. Are you saying Ariel deserved it? I'm saying Ariel didn't make the wisest choices. So she's the villain in The Little Mermaid. No, I agree that the Ursula character took advantage of a young, not smart little girl who had a crush. Really, this is a story about predatory lending. Yeah, but there's a contract. It was signed. She did not read the terms and, and conditions. Yeah, and there you go. There you go, everybody. Hot t- cat's hat take. Ariel was asking for it. I mean, she didn't get kissed on time. I don't know what to say. Just didn't happen. And so, what did she do? She's like, I went out of this contract. Die. So she got out of the contract by killing. Ursula. And then her dad was like, oh, poor thing. You really want to be with him. Legs. And so. Rich rich dad comes and saves the day, right? Exactly. Yep. You know, I, I got, I'm not going to lie. I am very surprised by this take by, by you, but I completely agree. Hmm. I didn't think that as a child, but I'm a mean old lady now. So it happens. You're not old. You watch it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get canceled, uh, moving on to the next film. <laughs> Gabe, this one's all you. Oh, but wait, I did homework. Oh, did you? Go ahead. I saw the new Little Mermaid. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, obviously you're opposed to the casting because obviously you're a grumpy person who hates fun and hates to give opportunities to new people. And why would they do this to a minority? Go on. Please don't let me put words in your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, because those are pretty bad words you put in the mouth. Um, no, I don't feel any of those things. Um, the the storyline is the same. Um, they do give the prince a little bit more screen time. He gets his own song. There's a new song. Didn't hate it. Um, they changed the bird character. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things in there. Wait, really? But um, hmm. they changed it from Scuttle was what like a. It was a pelican. Was Wasn't he, it? Was he an albatross or a? Uh, was he a seagull? I thought, I thought he was a pelican. Anyway, pelicans have the whole thing. I don't know. We yeah. can Google it. But he was an above water bird, and then in this one they changed it to a different bird. I don't remember the name, but because this bird could actually dive underwater and be underwater for a while, they changed the bird so that the bird could both be above and underwater, and interact with more, aerial more screen time. Yeah, I suppose. But anyway, so they made some interesting decisions, and 
I, they still haven't figured out CGI underwater. Mm. Like it's we, like if you've seen Aquaman, you don't know it's a little cringy. It's kind of like that. Where you're like, why, why? So I mean, Gabe's already had to hear this, so he can just hear it again. But what they mastered is how hair moves underwater, because they spent lots of money doing studies to see how hair moves underwater. So the best part of the Little Mermaid. Watching how the hair moves underwater. Whatever happened to the days when they would just have the actors hold their breath and do like scenes underwater? Mm-hmm. They, they, they would get like they would get like one to three minutes for the scene. They would come up, get water, then go back down and do another take. You mean get air? Because they were in. Oh water. yeah, they were. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, they, they just yeah. got more water. <laughs> well, but I you mean, had a pregame. You had to pregame. Uh, for the record, though, like you should drink water and hydrate. I mean, I'm not defending yeah. my error, but at the same time, though. So they didn't actually do underwater filming for the film? It's not all. Oh, man, the times have changed. I mean, we can check on, no, the, no, no, on the interweb, but. That's the easiest I way to make water. I remember clickbait and clickbaiting on how much money did Disney spend on hair studies? I was like, this sounds ridiculous. Yeah, they did. And the hair movement underwater is is perfect. The rest is completely adequate. Because you know what's funny? The movie 300, right? Uh, obviously, both of you saw it because it's a fantastic film. Um, there's a scene where there's like they do this. Uh, th- this girl is in a trance and like she's, you know, doing these weird movements. And you totally can tell that's a woman underwater that they CGI'd into not being underwater. And I'm like, that's yeah, that's how you do it. You like you make the person act for one to three minutes underwater and then you give them air, not water. <laughs> and Possibly then also water. Yeah. And then you, you put them back down there and they do another one to three minute take. And, and that's how you get real water to view. I, wow. I am. Uh, not up on there the was a broad mix of actual shots taken in a large water tank. And there were many shots that were digitally created via blue screen. Man, you did. However, the challenges the of being underwater, in quotes, both physically and otherwise, are still daunting for those involved. So, yeah, I must just ask, uh, just ask people from submarines how daunting. It must be really terrible to be paid millions of dollars to pretend to be underwater for three, one to three minutes. The uh, uh, Scuttle was originally a uh, seagull. And is now in the live action a gannet. I'm gonna have to look go. up. I'm gonna have to look up what a gannet is. Apparently, a uh, black bird. and white diving bird. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Underwater bird. Underwater bird. Yes. As as cat <laughs> as cat previously said, and me not listening. I'm classic me. Where were you? You did your homework, cat. Nice. Nice. Did. I did not. I just it's clickbait. I got this. We all we all fall for BuzzFeed. Wait, is BuzzFeed still a thing? <laughs> I think it exists technically. Yes. I still fall. I still fall for that. I, you know, like the the cover one what is like of potato. Are you? Yeah, the cover one is like the seventeenth slide, and you're like, wait a minute, but I wanted this. They they it worked. Is all I'm saying. Uh, moving on to a film that Gabe might be familiar with, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Directed by Steven Spielberg from the screenplay by Jeffrey Bohm, based on the story by George Lucas and Menno Mays, the third installment of the Indiana Jones uh, film series. 
Set in 1938, Indiana searches for his father, a Holy Grail scholar who has been kidnapped and held hostage by the Nazis while on a journey to find the Holy Grail. Harrison Ford returns as the title role, with his father being portrayed by Sean Connery. Other cast members include uh, Alison Ditto, Daniel Elliott, Julian Glover, and River Phoenix, who plays a young Indiana Jones at the very beginning of the film, which is actually one of the best parts of that movie. It was a financial success. Uh, the highest grossing film of 1989. Bonus points. Which one of you is closer? Price, uh, Price is Right rules without going over. Cat. Now, one dollar, Bob. Hang on. Oh, oh, you're going for the Price is Right. Oh shit, Gabe. I will give you a hint. Obviously, we know that the fifth highest-grossing film was Batman, and it made 411 million. How much do you think? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade made in 1989. You have 10 seconds. Gabe, no, that's you. She did say one dollar. She went. She that's went full. All right. She went full. Price is right. All right. Normally, uh, people say that at the end when there's the last. Right, one. at the end because I could just say two, but uh, we're gonna go with. Uh, we're gonna go with like. <laughs> we're gonna go. Five hundred and eleven. <laughs> God damn it, Gabe. That was a really great answer. I, this is why you're supposed to go last with the with the one cat. There's a, There's a rule. She still would get it, right? Um, so it, it the highest grossing film of 1989 made $474 million. Okay. A little so too you, high. You did go over. Uh, Still be fair, though. You didn't say the closest without going over. I did. I said price is right rules. Price is right oh. rules. Yeah. Oh, that's what that means. That's why I said one dollar. It, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> it's almost like we had this conversation two minutes ago. Now you know how I felt when we had to repeat the whole bird situation. Mm. You know, underwater bird. It also won the Academy Award for Best Sound Effects and was nominated for Best Original Score and Best Sound, which is interesting, right? Best Sound, but not Best Sound Effects Editing. It just sounded good. It sounded very good. Look, it's a fun <laughs> film. Sean Connery as Indy's dad is a is a such a fun idea, and he nails it. It's a really yeah. great film. It's a really great film. Um, I am, I am debating watching all the four films leading up to Dial of Destiny, just so that I can. I did that recently. Did you? But not really in preparation so much as it was I was traveling and I decided to watch the Indiana Jones movie. So I watched the three and then I was like, I suppose I should I should give Crystal Skull another chance because I'd only ever seen it the one time in theaters and never gone back. Me too. The same as you. So. Would you so, like to know a fun fact about this? I would. Okay. I don't really like Indiana Jones. Um, My husband does, though. That is um, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we almost ended up naming our daughter Indiana. Af Indy for short. After, after the dog date? After Indiana Jones. I like yeah. I like how both yeah. Gabe and I went for completely separate. <laughs> well, Indy was named for the dog. Exactly. That's that's where he got the name. <laughs> so wait, how close were you? Well, it kind of got a little silly because I was like, I don't like the name Indiana, but I let Indy is fine, right? Like, why do people name a full name if they're just going to call him by a nickname? 
And he's like, but it's not Indy Jones, it's Indiana Jones. And so I said, okay, well, how about we both win? First name Indy, middle name Anna. We both win Ooh, Indiana Jesus Jones. Jesus Christ. I hope you see, he... it worked, you know, Indiana. And it did not go from there because I lost him at first, first name morning. Um, for the record, I agree with you. I have met people named like um, Andy, but not Andrew. And I'm like, your name's not short for Andrew? No, it's Andy. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. You know, like mm -hmm. there, there, uh, there is those, like I've met a Chris who is not Christian or Christopher, just Chris. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's interesting. People always search me at work. They search Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> they like they try to go because <laughs> they assume that's because that's all they ever hear me called <laughs> they can't find me all right moving on to uh field of dreams have either of you seen that film yes and i've been there and i've played a game there and it was hot wait are you being serious mm -hmm. you've been to the nowhere iowa you've been to the field of dreams field and you've played a game there yes why do you think I picked this movie? So we can talk about it. Shut the front door. Forget this movie. Tell me about this. Because um, doing the research, I found out that the field stayed and it became a tourist attraction. Yeah. You want some pictures? Check out my Facebook. Some pictures? Did <laughs> <Did> you say? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. That was a good catch. No, dude. so I... <laughs> That's a good catch. <laughs> <laughs> this is a home run. <laughs> the whole thing. Still home, babe. He's still home. Man, you're just knocking these jokes out of the park. <laughs> if we keep this up, it'll be a grand slam. For the record, <sighs> I am calling it right now. This is the Instagram post. Has <laughs> 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 to be. <laughs> okay, so how did you end up okay. in middle of nowhere, Iowa, for the Field of Dreams field? Mm. So I was in high school. I think it's like. So not even old. recent. Mm -mm. Holy cow. Oh, because you played softball. Because I'm high old. Oh, and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played softball for like 20 years of my life. Yeah. So, um, no, I went up to Iowa, Dubuque, Iowa. Um, there is a. So Gabe was raised very religious. I too was raised religious. Um, it was a like a church leadership thing. So two people from your church you can apply and you go anyway. So it was me and a few other um, folks from across the U.S. and we went up to um, Wartburg Seminary. I don't know um, in Dubuque, Iowa, and we did the whole leadership thing. And one of our like outings was to the Field of Dreams. And we played a game out there, and it looked way cooler in the movie. I'll say that, like, because the movie makes it all like grand and, you know, like, it was a field in in um in a field. Um, so it was cool, but it it seemed like such a much bigger scale in the movie than it was in real life. Okay. Um, but it was still pretty cool. Nobody else there was really good at sports, so the game was kind of terrible. Uh, but it was still fun, and it was pretty. Fun fact, Iowa is very pretty. Who knew? I, I did. I was a truck driver. 
Gabe, did you know Iowa was pretty? Uh, I mean, no. See, there you go. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, it was it was cool. That's actually incredibly uh, like Naga like had. That's actually very cool. It really is. For those of you who don't know, the Field of Dream movies is about a farmer who builds a f- baseball field in his cornfield. Qu- question: Was the if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. Was the <laughs> was the field just like the movie where like the cornfields start right after like the bases? I was actually gonna look at my pictures and re remember. He was a little bit bigger than that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the the this farmer builds a baseball field in his cornfield that attracts the ghosts of baseball legends. It is a movie that that pulls at your heartstrings. It tears your heartstrings. It's a, it's a dad story, which f is with f's with me, obviously, because of my own dad uh, issues. But it's a beautiful little film. It's got James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, Kevin Costner. It's it's a it's, it made a ton of money, eighty four million on a fifteen million dollar budget. Nominated for uh, Best Picture, Best Original Score, and Best Adapted Screenplay. It's a really good film. It's a fun film. That part at the end, oh, talk about pulling on your heartstrings and that story where he, where Kevin Costner, you know, where Ray Liotta is acknowledged as being his dad and he does the whole, you want to play catch and they play catch. Oh, I've never played catch in my life. Okay, that's a it's a very white thing to do. It would have been football for me, but even then wouldn't have been because I'm from Nicaragua and we don't have a football team. <laughs> um it it's a, it's just it's it's a it's a it's just a emotional roller coaster. Here's another uh movie for Gabe. National Lampoons. Well hang on one oh. sec. Oh you have you have a you have a field of dreams? Shit, not as it's nowhere near as interesting. <laughs> I have not been to it. I did not meet any of the ghosts. You but, didn't meet Shoeless um, Joe? No. <laughs> this is this one's one of my dad's favorite movies. So I saw this a bunch growing up. Like Really? This, this was this is he loved this movie, yeah. So. And so did did you Okay, so I guess question, have you seen it without him? Uh I mean I I think I've seen it on like television since. Okay. Like it was, it came on like on on satellite or whatever. So I've 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 seen it that way, but I haven't gone and sat down and watched it. Like said, look, I'm gonna watch. I've just been like, oh, it's on. So yes, but not not real uh, intentionally. Do you think that that it that in you know, ten, twenty, thirty years that it'll become that that pull at your heartstrings that story? Oh, I mean, I'm already like real empathetic, so I already like. Oh, okay. It's really easy for me to get into that, so I, I don't think I don't think I need more. But yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's cool. A cat. I'm less empathetic, so it does not pull at my heartstrings. You're like maybe maybe but you I just need to get restrung. I... <laughs> <laughs> maybe tune those strings, huh? <laughs> I played catch a lot. I don't know. Like... Oh yeah, to you, you're like, oh fuck, it's catch. To us, it's like, I've never played catch with my dad. Oh, uh, I'll fly on over. I'll play catch with you, Christian. Just don't be scared. Do you pitch or catch, or how does it work? Well, we both have to throw and we both have to catch in order. Yeah, to a play pitcher catch. throws and a catcher throws. What's your point? Like, which one's done is like you know like squatting, and which one's. I... 
playing catch doesn't mean one person's pitching and one person's squatting. You're just both standing throwing a ball at each other. Oh. I, th- I thought you... I thought you- <laughs> I thought you mimicked baseball players. <laughs> I mean, we can. I was a catcher. I caught for a couple of years. My main position was shortstop. So my arms screwed up from throwing sidearm. It's a whole story. But um, if you would like to be the pitcher, I will be the catcher. Christian. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yes, Gabe. I know. Sorry, Kat and I were having a moment here for a second. <laughs> Gabe, I'll play catch with you too if you want. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Nicaragua does have a football team. Really? Is it? Yeah. Is, does it do anything? I mean, uh, they've been around since 1931. Holy cow! God, I, you know what? I it's love it when I love the it. House, the field of dreams. I love it when somebody else educates me about my own culture. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no. And it's funny because, like, I swear I'd heard somebody through work talk about like during during playoff or something because like i remember here in nicaragua i was like i'm sure they have a football team it's like what am i am i crazy am i just assuming they all do no i'm sure they do it's just it's just one of those teams that maybe has never won something you know like uh fifa ranking they're currently not great 142 (laughs) highest was 92 in december of 2015 their lowest was 193 in may of 2001 out of uh, who who uh, well, 193 was their lowest, so like at least 193 teams. <laughs> uh, you're asking the wrong guy about uh, FIFA. We so we we broke 100 once in 19 in 20, 2015. Uh, their first international is that is that win was uh, uh against El Salvador. Their biggest win uh, was at Turks and uh, Caicos Islands. Nicaragua won seven to zero. Their biggest defeat was Honduras and Curacao. Both, both, both beat them by ten. You know, I, I, will, on, I, will, a... I will say this about my people: we do not do anything half-assed. Either we win big or we lose big. But we, <laughs> we're very much Ricky Bobby. We are. Uh, we either Game first, first or, or last. Yep, we're the first or we're last. <laughs> and so far, apparently, we've only been last. <laughs> <laughs> They've been there though a while. They've been doing it. Yeah, I. You know what? I'm gonna do the research. F it. I'm gonna do the research. Gonna learn. <laughs> All right. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> okay, moving on to one of Gabe's favorite films, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Gabe came out in 1989, the third installment in the National Lampoon's uh, film series. Christmas Vacation was directed by Jeremiah Chechik. Fun fact, Chechik was nominated for Worst Director at the 1998 Golden Raspberry Awards for the movie The Avengers, but he actually lost to Gus Van Sant for his remake of Psycho. Written and co-produced by John Hughes, it stars Chevy Chase, Beverly Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, and based on Hughes' short story, Christmas 59, that was published in National Lampoon, it tells the story of the Griswold family spending Christmas vacation at home with their relatives and the ensuing mayhem that that brings. The movie performed well at the box office, grossing $73 million against that $25 million budget, um, while receiving generally mixed reviews from critics. 
But it is now regarded as a classic Christmas film. Up there with, obviously, Die Hard, Elf, and any other movie I watch during Christmas. So, Gabe, uh, your thoughts on uh, Christmas uh, Lampoon's Vacation? Uh, it's just in the Christmas rotation. You know, I remember seeing it reasonably young. I think it was my dad's fault. Probably younger than my mom would have liked because <laughs> of that, you know, because of the way he's he's fantasizing about that chick from what was it the store his office i forget yeah or there's the store because he was and he kept he keeps tripping over what he says he's shopping um but yeah like uh just this last christmas made it you know that was the group the group watch movie was national lampoon's uh christmas vacation so it it's made it it's enshrined and cat uh, tell us about when you went to the the griswold house and had dinner there for one of your <laughs> fell off the yeah. Roof or something. yeah yeah well there's only two outlets so that's why the, the that's why the lights are work. a problem yeah. yeah um yeah it was a little drafty in the house but other than that it wasn't bad never been there i've seen the movie once it was completely adequate that that sums those, it up thank you all right moving on <laughs> moving on to some honorable mentions uh, when Harry met Sally, have have either of you seen that one? Yes, I yes. didn't understand the hair standing up joke for a long time. The hair? No, you're thinking of there's something about Mary. Oh, then I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is what happens when you tell me not to Google things. Wait, what is the movie called? You're wait, thinking, wait, 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 wait. Wait, you're you, it's a blonde girl, right? Whose hair is <laughs> up. Yeah, no, that's definitely there's something about Mary, and that was that was um Cameron Diaz mm. and Ben Stiller. Uh-huh. When Harry met Sally is Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. <laughs> hold please. <laughs> Should I put the hold music on? <laughs> <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> Uh, written by Nora Ephron and directed by Rob Reiner. We all know and love Rob Reiner because he has done some amazing things. Stand By Me, A Few Good Men, uh, The Bucket List, This Is Spinal Tab, The Princess Bride. Ridiculously good director. But it follows the story of um, Billy Crystal's character, Meg Ryan's uh, character, from the time they meet throughout 12 years of chance encounters. And, um, you know, it's one of those things uh, that constantly puts in your face, can men and women ever just be friends? The answer is obviously no. They must be lovers and they must be soulmates. Yeah. Or buddies or acquaintances (laughs) or co-workers, Kat. Just a pretty good buddy. (laughs) And four. (laughs) Or buddy, got it. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Kat. Just buddy. Ninety-two million on a sixteen million budget. So you have not seen when Harry met Sally is what, is what we're gathering from this. Nope. And Gabe, just just to reiterate, did you watch uh, this movie, or are you confusing I've seen, it? With... I've seen it uh, like a while ago. Like okay. I don't. Yeah, I didn't see it as a kid, but like it's one of those ones that's I've I've it's made it's made the rounds. Seen it. It's All been right. around a while. Awesome. We'll move on to another movie that Gabe ha- uh, that uh, Cat has plenty of facts about. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Eh? 
Directed by Ted Kutcheff, written by Robert Klein, and starring Andrew McCarthy, Jonathan Silberman, Catherine Mary Stewart, and Terry Kaiser. It tells the story of two young insurance corporation employees who discover that their boss, Bernie, is dead after arriving at his house in the Hamptons. While attempting to convince people that Bernie is still alive until they can leave to prevent from being falsely suspected for causing his death, they discover that Bernie had ordered their own assassinations to cover up his embezzlement. Cat. I didn't know that. Very serious movie. <laughs> Very serious movie. I just remember that they... Isn't there a scene where they like put him by the pool with some sunglasses on and, and they, a drink? And they pull strings and his hand goes up and wears yeah. the yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's literally That's all it. I remember. That's good. That's, yeah. Yeah, at least I picked the right movie this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, made thirty million on a fifteen million dollar budget. Uh, the film's success inspired a sequel, Book Weekend at Bernie's Two, four years later. Fun fact, cat. Uh, the sequel tells the story of those two same characters once again. <laughs> you know, like like it happens, ending up with their late boss's corpse which is targeted by a voodoo queen hired by mobsters. Okay. Once is coincidence, but now I think they did kill their boss both times. Gabe, if it makes you feel any better, that movie also cost $15 million, but it only made 12 <laughs> They they pushed, they pushed the, uh, the meta too far. There was only so far I could carry you. Only so far I could carry you. Speaking of movies that can carry you only so far. Have either and and I I if you haven't, it's completely understandable. If you have, I would be so proud of you. Have you either of you seen No Holds Barred, the movie starring Hulk Hogan? Nope. Nope. Cat. Nope. <laughs> Produced nope. by Michael Ruckmill, directed by Thomas J. Wright, written by Dennis Hackam, and starring professional wrestler Paul Hogan. Rip, R.I.P., is the World Wrestling Federation champion who is faithful to his fans and the network he wrestles for. <laughs> Brell, the new head of the World Television Network, wants Rip to wrestle for his network. Rip refuses and goes back to his normal life. Still looking for a way to raise, raise ratings, Brell initiates a show called The Battle of the Tough Guys. A violent, brawling competition. A mysterious man, Zeus, wins the competition. This gets Brell to use him as an angle to get at Rip. It is exactly what you think it is. And if you haven't seen it, I don't blame you. If you have, I commend you. I just want to commend Mattel in his action figure for this movie. Hulk Hogan has... Interchangeable, interchangeable heads based off his like facial emotion and hands. Were his hands interchangeable based off his facial emotion too? No, but like he has hands. He's got three sets of hands that it, can be popped in and out. Are 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 two hands fists, two hands open, and yeah. like and like the like, third um, set. Like strangle. There's like, there's like a, a little bit, and there's just one set like this. Oh. It also comes with a bandana, a cross necklace. A cross a, necklace. What is this? 
Are you sure you're not confusing it with a Fast and Furious character? (laughs) No, it says WWE No Holds Barred Hulk Hogan and Zeus Collectible Figures Mattel Creation. Oh my god. Send me that link, please. Let me help you, yeah, for sure. Because this Um, is not on our Batman toy at all. And the last uh, honorable mention we'll talk about is The Cardi Kid Part 3. Directed by John G. Avildsen and written by Robert Mark Kamen. This movie is definitely the last of the good ones. I'll say this, right? Uh, we all know that uh, there was two other Karate Kid movies after that. Obviously, right? The lore. In this movie, John Kreese, his life is, is in tatters after his karate school was defeated by Daniel and Miyagi. He visits Terry Silver, a Vietnam War comrade. Terry is a ruthless businessman and martial arts expert, and he vows to help Kreese gain revenge on Daniel Miyagi and reestablish Cobra Kai. Upon returning from Okinawa, Daniel and Miyagi, oh, in part two, Daniel Miyagi went to Okinawa. Uh, Upon returning from Okinawa, they discover their apartment building has been demolished, which puts Miyagi out of work. Going against Miyagi's wishes, Daniel uses his college funds to realize Miyagi's dream of opening a bonsai tree shop and becomes a partner in the bonsai business. Who needs college? <sighs> when you've got karate. Yeah, um, $12 million budget made 38 I mean, it's got its money back, but I will say... So, yeah, this was the, the weakest of the karate kids. After this, it's the next Karate Kid, which is Hilary Swank. And then it's the Jackie Chan remake with Jaden Smith. And now currently uh, Cobra Kai in its fourth or fifth season, which I've been watching. No, not much to say. It's honorable mention again. There's a few other honorable mentions, right? You have Pet Cemetery, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Dead Poet Society, Renegades, Johnny Handsome. You know, just wanted to. Make sure we we got the Karate Kid in there. Any thoughts on the Karate Kid Part 3 from either of you? I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen it. I caught a fly in the air the other day. I thought that was cool. Kind of felt Karate Kid. And then I realized you had to catch it with chopsticks. I can't use chopsticks. So Did you? No like, part of me is Karate Kid. Yeah, caught it. Did you kill it? You went, um, Yeah. Well, no, I just let it outside. It wasn't dead. I just caught it. I was a catcher, you know. I caught oh. just everything: balls, flies, <laughs> other insects, perhaps small birds, memories, <laughs> fields of dreams, children falling out of swings, lots of things. You yeah. can't stop catching catch fly. <laughs> <laughs> when Cat writes her autobiography, it's going to be called "Catching Them All." The no, that's Pokemon. The Cat Asham story. <laughs> I was only a catcher for like a year and a half. You sound like you never stopped. (laughs) Also, didn't (laughs) didn't you just say you played you played softball for like twenty years? Yes, I can do. I played every position except pitch. Well, they made me pitch when our pitcher fell out, but you know I wasn't good. So every other position I've played. I feel like that's so much more we can dive into, but we are. We'll get to that another time. Yeah. Oh. The next baseball movie that we talk about. There's so many, by the way. Um, 
First appearances, William Baldwin in the movie Born on the Fourth of July, which we talked about in the previous episodes, which would have been great to talk about in this one. As we all know, William Baldwin, uh, famous for the movie Backdraft. He has a really great sense, besides being a Baldwin brother, uh, I really like William Baldwin. He has a great sense of humor. You guys watch uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? I don't think so. Are you Mm -hmm. fucking kidding me? It's the tall guy. If I did, I forgot. I got real sad when... Jason Segel, his girlfriend breaks up with him and he still takes the trip to Hawaii. And then mm-hmm. Mila Kunis comes in. Does that oh, yeah. ring any bells? That's about that's about as good as it can go. I feel like it was a great it was a great film. So William Baldwin is the guy that she in the movie plays the the cop that she worked with who takes off the glasses and does the uh, lines, the David Caruso line. No, okay, never mind. All right, William Baldwin. He uh, first <laughs> appeared in Fourth of July. We have another Fourth of July first appearance. Vivica A. Fox. She, to me, she's done a bunch of things. She really has. Like, she was in Independence Day. She was in. <gasps> That's what I knew her from. She was in like, um, she was in Batman and Robin. By the way, she was one of the like the the side girls that one of the people have. She was in Soul Food, What Do Fools Fall in Love, Juana Man, Boat Trip, Kill Bill. <laughs> though she was exceptional in Kill Bill. She's the first one that she fights in the kitchen scene. With a daughter and the yeah, that's that's her, born on the fourth of July. Jamie Kennedy also in a movie called Skin Deep. We all know Jamie Kennedy from the Scream movies, the Jamie Kennedy Kennedy Experiment, Malibu's Most Wanted, and we also unfortunately know him from the sequel to the Mask movie, The Son of the Mask. It's a little fun Son fact. Son of a there. Mask. Son of a Mask indeed, and then. From the movie Casualties of War, which I doubt we talked about, <laughs> John C. Riley. John C. Riley, obviously famous from so many things. The first time I became aware of him was in the movie. What would I say? Step Brothers. That's a little later for me. I think Gangs of New York was the first time I ever paid attention to him. And then, yes. Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, the story of Ricky Bobby. Wasn't he? I think he was also in like Boogie Nights, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Walk Hard. Uh, Actually, uh, Step Brothers and Walk Hard came out the same year. Yeah. Yeah. His drunk drunk history episodes were phenomenal. (laughs) Um, Wreck-It Ralph, also very funny. Is he the voice of him? Yes, that's him. No way. Yeah. Hmm. He's uh he's exceptional. So he can, he his first appearance is in 1989. But yeah. With the time we have left and the time obviously we've gone over and editing will remove a bunch. Don't worry, cat. Cat, <laughs> something old, something new. What are you into currently and that you, you want to share with people so they watch it also? I'm currently watching The Witcher, uh, the latest season of The Witcher. Is that what you're asking me? Yes. What what am I watching? What are you Mm -hmm. recommending? What are you watching? Watching The Witcher. I'm a little confused this season. There's so many political things happening. I can't keep straight. But, I mean, I'm I'm not against watching Henry Cavill for a few hours. It's cool. Um, So, watching that. Does he take off his shirt? Not that I've seen yet. Oh. 
I don't know. Uh, he's I, a not about to, I don't need to like like grossly objectify him. He just is a pretty man. Okay, so we'll just watch him. Yeah, being, um, just just gently, just gently objectify. Him. Yeah, Kindly. gently. Yeah. Okay, first of all, yeah. uh, I don't know what any of that means. I either want your <laughs> shirt on or I want your shirt off. Is your Henry Cavill? Okay. Do you want his shirt on or off, Christian? God, off. Have you seen him <laughs> in the Superman? When he goes through his hobo phase in the Superman movie, and he's like stealing clothes, and he's just bare chested, and then no, when he comes back from the dead in the Justice League movie, and he's fighting all the event. Avengers, I was about to say Avengers, but just the leaguers. Uh, no, that man has a... No, he should not wear a shirt. What is wrong with you? I've never seen those movies, but I'm just trying to be a good person. Oh, okay. Say, okay. Well, you, you know, wear a shirt. Yeah, yeah, no, you do yeah, you. Yeah, let him wear a shirt. Um, let him wear a shirt. Just finished The Bear, second season of The Bear. Oh, the second season. So I watched the first season. I will say this. Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing this up, actually. Mm, I don't... Welcome. I don't know why I liked the first season. There was no story. There was not a lot going on, but it was a really well-produced TV show with some great acting. But story-wise, nothing happened in that movie, in that show. But fuck, were there some really good actors and some really great shots. And like, I don't know how a show that has no story... Um, I know, I'm using my hands a lot. I don't know how a show that has no story can be so captivating at the same time. When it ended, I was like, I don't think this is going to get a season two because this like nothing happened in this show. And yes, I heard about season two. I heard that Adam Warlock from the um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out. And he looks amazing, obviously. I will probably watch season two, but but I don't know why that show is as good as it is uh, because again there was no story nothing moved forward in that show it was it was not a good show but it was shot perfectly there was some really great acting big personalities but that show had no story whatsoever but you're saying season two is good we will have quite the debate a later time um because i i do argue that the first season has a story um, the second season is a lot, um, like there's an entire episode where my husband was like, this makes me too stressed out to watch. Like it was like 45 minutes of like a stressful thing. So the second season was a lot of character development and there was story to it, but, um, it was a lot to watch. I feel like they spent season one developing a bunch of stories that led to nothing, but okay. Agree to disagree. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. So, but do you recommend? Yeah, I recommend. But if you feel like you want to end your journey with the bear, don't watch the last episode. Stop at the second to the last episode in season two, and you'll you will feel fulfilled. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any movies that you recommend? I saw the latest Spider Man. Across the I Spider Verse. What that called. Whatever the new. Yep. Is, you yeah. and Gabe mm -hmm. both, yes. I'm I'm gonna be watching yeah. that next week, hopefully. It's very long. So just make sure you have some snacks or something to keep you awake. In a um, in a movie good. theater? Well, fun fact, remember that one time we saw a movie 
I fell asleep halfway through. I didn't even watch the movie Damn. with you, but that's a different Damn. story for a different time. That's Damn. what happens when you take to me to a movie at 8 p.m. But anyways, um, <laughs> it's a very late. It, it was, it's that was like seven years ago. You were still young yeah. then. No, I've been an old lady for a long time. <laughs> yeah, anywho, yeah, I told you it was great. It was. You thought it was great. It was the the murder movie, I think, on the Orient Express or something. Because I missed nothing. I still found out who the guy at the end was. See? Good times. Anyway, it's a long movie. It was very entertaining. I was surprised by the ending because I didn't know that's how it was going to end. Hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. That's fantastic. Uh, Kat, thank you for coming on. Um, you obviously hold a very special place in my heart. So anytime you can make an appearance, I'm all in. The shirt is in the mail. You've officially earned the shirt by having been on four episodes at this point, right? I get a shirt with y'all's faces on it. <laughs> I mean, unless you want your face on it, which, you know, that'd be boring. <laughs> yeah, who wears a shirt with their own face on That's it? That's kind dumb. of weirdo. <laughs> cycle. I can't wait to be wearing this shirt and have one of my coworkers say, is that Gabe's face on your shirt? <laughs> It'd be great. It's only funny fantastic. if they're from South America or South or are you America. Gonna, are you going to put your face on top, Christian? So then, or I could have both and see who recognizes each Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. I, I feel She's like... talking I'm, you into two shirts. She is, right? I feel like Gabe has to be on top, <laughs> which is the only time I will ever say that. Jake has to be on top, does he? Okay. He's earned it. Yeah. He's put in the time. I mean, it's been two years almost. I mean, Gabe's put in the time. He deserves to be on top. But yes, thank you for being on. Uh, Such a pleasure. My God. The time flies. We are officially, I don't know how I'm going to remove 22 minutes off this episode in order to get it down to under an hour. But for Remove the... that whole part where I forgot what movie you were talking about. Yes. <laughs> you, didn't for... you didn't forget, Kat. You just didn't know. <laughs> just leave in the leave in all the puns. That was the best. Oh part. no that that that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be the Instagram post. I told you. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll, we, uh, oh yeah, find us on Instagram at the uh, Pop Culture Hankfire. Uh, and we'll see you next week because, uh, because we can't stop. Won't stop. Gotta get it.